In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Jared Saltalamacchia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Uh, Bryce yet, as far as kind of uh, position, what position he kind of is. Yes, I have talked to Bryce. Um, I talked to him for a lengthy period last week, uh, Friday, and um, we talked about a lot of different things. He was at the ballpark, and so listened to a lot of what uh, he had talked of what his feelings were, talked to Rob Thompson afterwards, and uh, we decided we we're going to play in the first base. Uh, he's going to play first, and um, he's happy to do whatever we wanted him to do. Yeah. Um, he said he'd play first or the outfield. He feels great. How you doing? Good. How you doing? And uh, but the more we talked about it internally, we like the idea of playing there, playing within the first. Uh, we think he'll develop into Gold Glove first baseman. He's committed to, being, to doing that. Um, he's in a position where uh, I mean, we think for his future. It's a great thing to do as he starts to age. You know, he, he, I mean, he could gladly go to the outfield, but uh, he's committed to being that type of guy over there at first base. We like the way it sets our, our infield up. We're having him and Stott and turn on bone with Remoto behind the plate for years to come. Uh, at least three years, because that's the first time anybody be a free agent. Uh, we think it makes us more athletic. We're in a position where all of a sudden we've got an athletic infield. Opens up uh, one of the outfield spots, keeps an outfield spot available. I'm not saying that, as we said, we're not going to anoint Rojas, our center fielder, because of the offensive aspect, but we think he's very close if he's not. And so it really puts us in a position where we think for the future uh, we're in a good spot. Would it be strictly first base for yeah. Bryce? So, yeah. so you won't be cycling him in the outfield at all? No, we're not, we're not planning on it at this time. We had really talked about being in a position where he would play one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he'd be willing to do what it is, but we didn't really throw that alternative at him to say what. And he, again, he said, I'll do whatever is good for the club. Um, and the more we talked about it internally, just think it's a, a good situation for us and a good situation for him, too. How does this affect uh, Hoskins? Obviously, it would seem to close the, the book on him. Well, without being in a position where we can talk about free aid, but, you know, we look at Bryce being our first baseman. Um, we look at. Uh, Schwarber being our DH the majority of times. So, um, you know, I've talked to, I did talk to Reese on Sunday, let him know of the situation. I gave him a call and talked to him just to explain the situation. We, as you know, we absolutely think the world of him, of Jamie, they're just wonderful people. They've done so much for the community. Um, I don't want to 100% close any doors and all that type of thing, but I'd say that when you look at the situation, he understood and... Um, you know, if he's not back with us, we'll wish him nothing but the best and because he's been fantastic. No chances, any, any room there at first base or anywhere else for another left-handed bat that might be a former MVP? 
I don't think so. I, I think we're set. I mean, we're not looking for that at this point. We're just we're really happy with the way our club, really from a positional player perspective, we're pretty well set then at this time. I mean, I'm not saying that we can't try to get better. Not that you're open to different ideas, but the, but when you put those four, you've got Castellanos, you've got Marsh, you have Rio, you know, Rio Moto behind the plate. Um, Sosa's one of our backup guys. Uh, Costanoff Mark and again we'll see what happens with Rojas but we do think he's very close we've got Pache out there so you know we're really pretty pretty well set from a positional player perspective how how would you describe the strides that Bryce made at first base last year well I mean I really in a lot of ways I mean it's I don't think there's many people that could have done what he what he did now, he start working out there, I believe it was in May at times, taking ground balls, doing what he could do. He, he grew by leaps and bounds, and I think he's in a situation where with uh, spring training attached to him, uh, with working with Bobby Dickerson, he even said the same thing. He said, I think if I'm with Bobby and be in a spot that um, he made significant strides, he's become a first baseman. I think he's going to become an excellent first baseman. And I do think he has the caliber of being a gold glove type first baseman. Do you get Dave any sense from him that he might miss the outfield? Well, you know, I, I can't say um, he's played the outfield so long. I mean, maybe he'd miss it some, but I think he really enjoyed playing first base too. I mean, it, for him, it was something different. You're, of course, you're more involved when you're at first base on a daily on a daily basis of what's taking place. Um, I thought it was important that we listened to him, but we made the decision. Um, and he ended once we once I talked to him. Then he said he understood. He's very happy to do it. I don't think he'll miss the outfield per se in that regard. Um, you know, appreciably he didn't express that, but I know he. You could just tell the way he interacted at first base, the way he enjoyed. You're closer to the competition day in and day out. You know everything that's going on. So um, I think he'll meet the challenge and uh, become an outstanding first. Now there'll be things that again he he's learned a lot. But he'll continue to get better. And um, but one thing about him, he'll be driven to work hard and be the best first baseman he possibly can. Thank you. You mentioned Rojas sure. a couple times. Yeah. Uh, what's your assessment of? Obviously, we saw the defense, and you're saying he's close. How close do you think he is, and what is his agenda this this winter? Well, um, we basically we want him to just rest a lot till January, and he'll come back to. He's planning on, I believe, coming to Clearwater in January. Um, get a little bit stronger but he's just a young player that we think is going to continue to get better I mean defensively I don't think there's much he's going to do from an offensive perspective he did hit 300 during the regular season but our our goal with him at that time was to be in a position where we kept his head above water that's what we really said can we do enough now when he got to the poses I think he got a little overexposed maybe he was tired at that point too but um, we think that those will be adjustments he continues to make we think he'll continue to grow our hitting people think that he's going to be a very, very good player overall, as we do. Was winter ball ever an option for him this winter? Well, you know, it was a possibility, but we we think he's played enough this past year. Yeah, so um, we would rather be in a position where he comes to Clearwater in January and works on some of the things that we want to work with him on the swing. So that's really more so. Um, we took some strides last year and continuing to work with them, get them better and improve. But there's still some other things we want to continue to do with him. It's a lot of balls on the ground. Trying, which is, is okay with his speed, but we still think we can make some adjustments in that regard. And he'll continue to work on his strikes. Really, before he got to uh, that end of it, he, he is not a guy that strikes out a whole bunch normally. So I think that'll eventually carry over the big leagues. And not too far away, he really works hard. So, yeah. 
very dedicated guy to get better. As far as the, uh, the starting pitching market, um, obviously you have a pretty significant one who's, who's, who's a free agent. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how, do you, how are you kind of assessing that, that market? Well, it's just started, so I can't really say. I mean, there's a lot of starting pitching that's available. Um, I guess they'll all be dependent upon who people like at various time periods. Um, we've said all along we like Aaron a great deal. We'd love to have him be a Philly. And, you know, there's a lot of, I know that he's liked his time period there, but he's a free agent, and we'll just see what ends up happening in that regard. But if not, if we're not capable of signing him, if we're not in that situation, we do need to pursue a starting pitcher of some sort. I mean, we feel we're good about four of our guys at this time. You look at Wheeler, and you've got Suarez, and you've got Walker, and then you've got Sanchez. We've got some depth that we're trying to, to add, but we don't really have that other person there that we would look to add. So, Dave, all right. Good, good nice to see you. Thanks, Dan. You're welcome. Good to see you. Uh, now, what do I call you? Do you call you uh, Todd, uh, Ian or Todd? Which one? Todd. Did you? Okay, Todd. When you've already had discussions with a potential free agent mm-hmm. the way you have with them, does that you know, temper your enthusiasm at all when you couldn't get something done last spring as you enter into actual free agency? Well, I don't know if it tempers it as much as it... Um, I, I think there's a sense of realism that, hey, anything can happen. Right. I mean, I'm not counting on anything and it, and it doesn't become easier I mean, it was easier to sign them last year right. because we were the only go- club that was, can, couldn't negotiate with them now he's got uh, 29 others so it doesn't become easier in that regard but who knows I mean it, hey, I, I never have um, been in a position where a player has a right to test free agency we'll see what, what's out there for him and he'll see what's out there for him and we'll go from there but it, it doesn't make it any easier for us by any so when you talk about getting another starter, would it probably be one of these top-tier guys that you're talking about? I don't know yet. Yeah, We'll see. We'll see. I mean, there's different ways you can go about doing it. You know, there's trades. There's free agency. You know, there's, And I'm not sure if it would necessarily have to be just a um, top-tier guy, but we'll wait and we'll see. How would you describe Nola, like, as a, as a you know, as some, you know, how his mix and abilities play as a, uh, as a pitcher of both, you know, what you saw in moving forward? I would not give you that information myself. I'd let other people say that, but we really like him and think he's done a great job for us. I think he's a really good big league pitcher. Yeah. Eight years ago, you said at the GM meetings, we're going to sign an ace and we're going to trade for our closer, and you did. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that the, the baseball, and our, believe me, amongst us, the honesty was appreciated. Mm-hmm. Do you think baseball's gotten away from that directness? You know. I don't know. That's a hard question. I mean, I've always been, you know, when you're talking, there's always a bit of being straightforward and also a little uh, espionage, I guess, at the same time where you're not tipping your hands totally all the time. So I don't think that's changed really at all. Now, of course, what I'm hearing and what you're hearing may not necessarily be the same thing when we're talking to clubs. Mm. You know, so, um, and I get that. That's how it is. And I don't know which one's true all the time, right? Yeah. So you never can tell about that. But you know, usually when you talk to other clubs and you're in our position in the front office, you're getting pretty much of a straightforward feeling. And then sometimes they're playing a little bit of, you know, keeping people guessing. They're not going to tip their hands to you all the time either because you might be competing for the same exact player and they're not going to tell you why would they. So mm. um, I don't really think that's changed very much. That was an interesting one, though, because you had been with the Red Sox at that point for a few months. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, don't necessarily have the fullest picture of 
who the process, right? You're still getting to know the system a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is it difficult to make trades when you're coming into a new, more difficult to make trades coming into a new organization? Yeah, it is. Oh, well, when I say it's more, you have to depend upon other people's judgments more than yours too. I mean, you get a feel yourself, you do some digging, you take a look at players. I know even in that short period, I had had some pulse of guys and looking at them. But you have to depend upon others that say, this is how we really feel about this guy, or that's how we feel about that guy and tried to um, do your best job of interpreting that. So yeah, I think it's a little bit different, and it's a lot different then than when I was at the end of my career at any organization, or it's a lot different here. When I first joined the club, compared to where I am now, I think I have a much better feel of all our players in the system. In fact, I'm sure of that. Sorry, speaking of directness and and honesty, what did you think of uh, one of your counterparts yesterday? Brian Cashman's uh, oh, general. I don't, I don't get into those. I mean, I've been around. We all have had our moments, and I don't know. I didn't. I mean, I've, I've read about it, and um, I, I don't really have my. I mean, uh, in Brian's situation, in anybody's situation, once in a while, you express yourself. You get, uh, and that time period goes where the frustration comes out or the expression comes out. So that's. What'd you think of? Uh, do you think the council deal could have a domino effect on managerial salaries and movement going forward that more guys might avail themselves and sort of become free agents? And, and what do you think that does to the pay scale? Well, I have no idea. But it's, so it's only a, I would say sure, it would have an effect on it. Sure. But, and I would, th- now it's not going to affect everybody sure. because when if you're a, a manager that's just starting off, you don't have the same resume as correct council does. Right. But, yeah, I think it will, for, for sure I would think it would. And it, I mean, I've gone through, this is not the first time I've gone through this cycle of a manager's getting more money and then they went back down. No. And then what happens is the people that can put themselves in that same echelon, at least in their own mind and the other perceive them, um, it does put them in a better spot, sure. Yeah. Go, going back to getting to know an organization, looking back, how long did you feel it took where you had a pretty good handle on it? Like Alex said, I mean, that deal, Kimbrell deal, right? The Kimbrell deal was pretty quick. But how, how long did it take to really feel like, okay, I know, well, I don't have to rely so much on other people? Well, I think it takes about a year. Mm-hmm. Because when you know when you join an organization, like when I joined the Red Sox or I joined the Tigers before that or now here, um, I had a little bit more of an advantage with the Red Sox because I came in a couple months, you know, middle of August. So I had a little bit of a pulse of getting to talk to people and of course you're doing a lot of homework and reading reports and even had a chance to go to instructional league at that time in Arizona Fall League so you had that advantage but I think really it takes you about a whole year to be in a position where you get a chance to see all your players play talk to all your individual you don't even know your own um, personnel all that well at that point you're just learning them so um, you want to learn that so I think it takes about a year that, now that's for me maybe somebody sure. else has a whole different pulse of that but now I was fortunate because a lot of the people at the time it's even like when I was with the Phillies organization people had been with the organization for an extended period and then we had some good people that I could depend upon and the same thing happened when I was with the Red Sox and the Tigers so um, you know, it's like when I joined them well Mike Hazen was with us and very good uh, baseball man good good judgment as well as others but he, he gave me a lot of feedback on our young players at that time. But even with that incomplete you. information, you were still sure. comfortable making trades. Like, do sure. You, uh, is it well, important? Is it important to accept risk? Yeah. Uh, is, yeah. Well, if you're is not, you're probably not going to make big trades. Yeah. That's just the way it is. I mean, if you're not willing to take some risk, you're gonna you're not going to make some you're not going to make a lot of deals probably. 
because if you're going to only make deals that are slanted towards you um, being definitely in a favorable position, other clubs know what they're doing too. So it's one, usually trades, if you're making them, hurt a little bit, right? I mean, you don't like to give up good players, young players, but um, yeah, I think it's a situation where um, there's some risk involved, but you just try to do the most thorough. Hey, we traded players this past year. I traded that, not thrilled to, to do it, but you know, as I've often expressed to people, it's hard to try to win and make deals and not trade any players. <laughs> I, I haven't figured that one out yet, um, personally, no matter where I've been. So yeah, you, you have to take a risk and hey, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, but you hope that they work a lot more than that they don't. But you do the best job you possibly can and you go, and that's what it's all about. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, you'd rather have the player you're acquiring and all the prospects, but it just doesn't work that way. It just isn't the way it is. Do you think that teams across baseball, the way they interact with risk has changed over the last 15, 20 years or so? I think so. And how, have to, what way have they I, tried to I think um, the scrutiny has become so much more. I mean, 15, 20 years ago, um, the knowledge of prospects wasn't out there like it is now. So people look at that information, so they have all their... And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that the information that you're reading about those prospects is accurate, but that the general people think it's accurate. So with that becomes more scrutiny. A lot of people say, why would you trade this guy? How, well, maybe 20 years ago, they wouldn't even have known who those prospects were. So I think that that, that uh, makes a difference. Me. I'll, I'll like take that as a slight against my prospect. No, no, you're all, you're other than you. You're always right on. You're always right. You're okay. Good to see you. Does it feel like it's been harder to trade for pitching? Like trade deadline and you know, well, our conversations. Yeah. Well, I th I think it's harder because um, one thing that's end up happening, it's like there. I mean, when I go back to the trading deadline, there were more clubs that were in it than normally trying yeah. to make playoff spot. So when that's the case, then they're in a position where they're trying to make the postseason. You have, it's supply and demand. It's the same thing as always. So you have less supply because there's just more clubs that are trying to get it. And you know you need pitching if you're going to make it. You'd have to have pitching. So people are less apt to give it up. And also sometimes the cost is more, and you don't want to yeah. pay that at the cost. So I feel like at the beginning of this offseason, though, I mean, it seems like there's more, less rebuilding teams maybe, fewer. Yeah, I, so far, pitching. yeah. I, I yeah. think that that's... From what I hear, I mean, and Ken, we're just getting a pulse of it this week more because we just finished quickly before this, right. is that, uh, I mean, I, from what I hear compared to most years, there's not many clubs that are saying, let's, we're thinking about 25, 26. Uh, there's very few clubs that really are making those type of statements. Most of them have some pulse that they want to try to get in. And I think also what probably shows is that, okay, over the last couple of years, if you get in, anything can happen. Mm -hmm. So we were the sixth seed in the National League two years ago, and we were in the World Series. Arizona was the sixth seed this past year. They got in. They went to the World Series. Um, Texas, they were, you know, didn't win a division. So, I, I mean, it's a situation where I think when people see that, they think that they have a shot, and it really evolves always around. You need to have pitching if you can be there. Well, speaking of that, does Scott mention this for us, other people, that teams are looking not just for two, or one, but for two, like, Usually, it's, oh, we need a pitcher. No, we need two. You guys used three, basically. Arizona used three. It was hard to find a team in the playoffs that used four. Does that coincide with your, what you're talking about here? Teams aren't. They're well, looking for several. 
Well, I can't speak for that. I, I can only speak for what we're looking for, which is we're looking for one. But I, okay. I think it becomes a little misleading because the way the postseason is now, yeah. it's different than the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. And so when you have the first round of being the wild card round, and then you go into the divisional round, which is three out of five, well, you're always going to use your three. better guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, unfortunately, by the time you get to where you need a fourth, it's been so long since they pitched, it becomes a tricky conversation for you because it's hard to start somebody. I mean, when we got to the fourth starter spot, it was 24 days, I think it wasn't since we used one. So it becomes a little trickier than it used to. So before, you used to just, boom, you'd play best of five, and then you'd go right into it. Well... Now, we are fortunate that we won our first two games. So now we can use the same pitchers once again. Then you win. You don't have to even go to game five, which we still, with the off days mixed in there. And this year in the National League in particular, we had so many off days. So all of a sudden, by the time you need that guy, and then some guys, I mean, Walker would have been the natural guy for us. We liked Walker. He had a good year, but he hadn't pitched in such a long time. And he isn't the type of guy that you could... um, in one of the early, earlier rounds, just say, okay, we're gonna give him an yeah, inning because yeah, yeah, he yeah. takes a long. He's a starter, sure, sure, so he sure. takes a long time to. So it's a little bit trickier yeah. in that regard. We like, we feel comfortable with four of our guys. Okay. So, going back to your directness, you said sure. you want to get a starter. What else would you like to get? And a year ago, and you you did a great job of putting together the pieces. You know, like a guy like Matt Strom fit mm-hmm. really well. So what? As we sit here right now, what would you like to get? Well, really, our starting pitching is our main. Um, I mean, we don't lose many guys. We lost Lorenzen, who was our sixth starter at that time. Um, you know, Hoskins, which we talked about with moving Harper over to first base. And then Kimbrell in the bullpen. But we have some young guys. I mean, we have quite a few bullpen guys even at this time. We brought a young kid up, Kirkring, that we really like, mm-hmm. and we think he's ready to pitch. So I think the way I would look at it is that we're more in a position where we're talking about trying to help our start in pitching, that, and then we'll kind of go from there. But I don't really... We, Fortunately, and haven't always been in this, we don't have a lot of other holes. Mm. You can always get better, but I think those are things that we'll address as the time goes on and see who's available and who's not as, as the winter progresses. Thank you, Dave. Sure. Good to see you. Good to see you, Rob.